the Blank Page Podcast with your hosts, Rachel, Larabe, and a special guest, Donna Boyle. Donna is a medium, shaman, writer, Reiki healer, animal intuitive, and teacher of yoga, meditation, and consciousness. Her passion this lifetime is to support the current shift of soul consciousness. Donna's connection to the soul in the non-physical world has deepened her own spiritual practice and allowed her to realize her soul purpose in this lifetime. She's currently giving private and group readings, teaches online intuitive development classes, and is also developing eight books, both fiction and nonfiction. She can be found on almost all social media platforms, including YouTube. So, how are things? I'm doing well. Um, I have, I'm, I'm up in a room, but I also have a dog in the house, and she thinks I'm not here, so, but she may bark, but she's far away, too. Just tell me if you want me to do something when that happens. Oh, it's perfect. Oh, fine. no, we don't mind having another guest. That's great. <laughs> That's good. She'll be way in the background barking away then. <laughs> okay, sounds Thank good. You. Yeah, so Donna, why don't you tell us more about yourself and your journey with spirituality? You know, um, what brought you to where you are today? Great, sure. Um, I've been talking a lot lately about spirituality and um, in the work that I do, so many words don't have the same definition anymore. So spirituality to me now means integrity. It's that connection to who you truly are as your soul and who you came here to be and then live in that integrity words actions thoughts um so back over uh, a while ago we'll say say i had my my daughter in uh, 1990 so okay uh, before that i was living in vermont and i've lived there for about 25 years a small town in vermont I had already had a spiritual side, um, and I had this, I've always been an entrepreneur, so I had mm-hmm. this business that had nothing to do with spirituality, but in retrospect, it had everything to do with spirituality when I think about it now. So that was a commercial janitorial service, and okay. it was a small town, and I picked up contracts, and that allowed me the resources to study yoga and meditation, and then eventually open my own studio. So I've been teaching and practicing yoga and meditation for over 25 years and started to do some past life work back then, but in no way was I a medium of any kind. So During that time, I was realizing I was being guided by these forces that I I didn't understand completely. Like I would teach a yoga class and the words would be coming out of my mouth, but Donna was just expressing them. Donna wasn't thinking about them. And afterward, the uh, my students would come up and say, wow, that was really cool. Where did that come from? And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was fun about, you know, connecting to something higher than yourself. And I would... I would ask for signs. I would ask for signs in my dreams. Um, And I would always get answers. But again, I had no explanation. I just knew it was working for me. Yeah. So at that time, I didn't call it spirituality. I just called it, this is the life I'm living. I got a great gig. I've got a daughter who's happy. Um, For sure. 
sure. being led by my intuition. You know, intuition must be doing something. Is that what you would call these spiritual beings, um, your intuition, or is it uh, somewhat of a separate entity? Back then, I would have not known how to describe it um, back that many years ago. Um, I probably called it intuition. And it, I, when I started practicing Reiki, I recognized that something else was coming to my head um, when I was working on clients. I saw things, I heard things in my head, and that was probably my first indication um, that something else was coming through my head, not just out of my mouth. Um, and again, channeling isn't even a good word anymore. So what exactly would you call it if not channeling and not intuition? Yeah, so today um, I call myself a clear channel for spirit. So I still use the word channel. I call okay. myself an oracle, which means I am bringing through uh, words from another destination, another area. Um, huh. I, I, I think uh, there's parts of us that, want to use our brain so much uh, when we're writing, when we're teaching, when we're speaking. And I've worked very hard over the last seven years to get rid of, turn off my brain so that I could receive, so that I could become my intuition, not just follow it, but become it. Mm -hmm. So back uh, when I was still in Vermont to open the studio, um, was reading a lot about, um, about psychology, Carl Jung, I was reading a lot, Marion Woodman, I wanted to be a psychologist. I'm like, okay, maybe that's what I'm supposed to do is help people. Because I didn't mm -hmm. feel I was fulfilling my purpose yet. Um, I was a great yoga teacher, a great meditation teacher, a great mom, but there was something still missing. Mm -hmm. So there were parts of me that wanted to leave Vermont. My daughter was in college now at this time. This was like 2007. And parts of me were packing up already in my head. Uh, I was single. There wasn't anything I was doing there that was making a difference. So I had the intention to just leave, to dump everything. But I didn't do it. I just kept putting it off. And then the economy tanked. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I lost major contracts for my cleaning business. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just said to the universe, and this was over half my income now, um, and I had employees that I'd have to let go. And I said, I can't do this physically. I can't do this work by myself. Mm -hmm. So I kind of laughed at the universe source, my intuition, and said, okay, I guess now I'm forced to move. So I did. I packed it all up. I hit the road with my cat. My daughter was happy. So I hit the road with my cat <laughs> and traveled. Um, thank goodness she was, he was happy in the car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I eventually landed in Virginia, right mm -hmm. in the belt of Civil War area, right below Washington, D.C., about an hour south of D.C. Okay. And spirit definitely led me there, too. So mm -hmm. something led me there, too. It was, it was very clear. Um, I ended up living with my cousin and his wife in a beautiful home. They had this big German shepherd and I walked in with my little black cat and put the two down together and they were immediate friends. And I'm like, okay, this is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, this is meant to be. Yes. <laughs> right. And I had no idea where I was going. I was just going to visit for a couple of weeks 
and my cousin's wife said, well, so where are you going next? And I just said, um, nowhere. I don't really have any place to live. Now I went from a six figure income to nothing when the economy tanked. So I just said, no, nothing. No part of it felt bad to me. No, no part of it. So she's just like, well, why don't you move in here? And I said, okay. So really easy to do, really easy to do. And at that point, I started to actually see spirit. And I did some time at Camp Chesterfield, which is a spiritualist camp in Indiana. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No, um, I don't think so. Are you, Lurie, familiar? No, barely. Barely? Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of spiritualist camps, a few, uh, Lily Dale and Chesterfield are two of the ones that are uh, foremost in my mind. So I said, I guess I'm going to go there. And I did. And I did um, a few seminary weeks there, learned more um, about how to connect with that. And that was that for that. And then I just practiced 24-7. I practiced spirituality. I practiced awareness um, the job I had, I practiced getting along with my boss. Whenever something irked me, I would look at it inside myself. So I really was practicing hard at reducing the chatter in my mind yeah. so that I could really listen. Yeah. And we lived there. I lived in Virginia, um, started to be a medium toward the end of that term there, moved to Seattle with my cousin and his wife. Mm-hmm. And then I did uh, two summers at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Okay. Um, in their wellness center, uh, doing some uh, medium work, some shaman work and working at their reception desk. And that was fun. That was the last two summers that mm-hmm. I did that. So I deleted even more out of my possessions, becoming pretty much a minimalist. Yeah, And that's where I'm at uh, as far as spirituality and what that means to me. Yeah. Going back to uh, what you were saying about, uh, uh, about as people, we, because I'm Christian. And so um, my family has dealt a lot with the spiritual side as well. And so I do agree with you when you say that our minds are always on. Yeah. And it's as if, we don't allow those spiritual beings to guide us, you know, because there are things out there greater than ourselves, if you would agree, that have a little bit more wisdom than us. And <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so I do agree that that is something that I've uh, experienced as well. So I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And, you know, and if you agree that we're all one anyway, even those guides even their wisdom is something that we inherently know mm-hmm. we just forgot yeah. and yeah. yeah now we push everything out of the way so we can hear it again mm-hmm. yeah it's really it's really difficult especially when you have so many uh so many voices so many strong voices and then you're trying to keep your own voice um it gets really difficult to drown out um all the noise exactly it does yeah. it does i agree I agree. So, um, before, uh, before we got into that, um, what is your, if you don't mind us asking, what is your current work in progress and what inspired you to write it? I, back when I was in Vermont, I was blogging for myself and for a health site, um, 
my family, we, I pretty much grew up in holistic and alternative health. So I was doing a lot of uh, writing then, but I never thought I would be a writer as far as writing a book. Um, so I've been playing with a lot of things over the last few years. And at the moment, I am actively writing a few things. Some are already done. Um, the biggest one I'm writing right now is a YA book. And that's, that is even, when, when you write, it becomes even more clear that you're not in control. Um, if I sit down and I know it's going to be a good session, I'll immediately start hearing things or seeing things in my head and I'll just start writing. And after I'm done, I'll look back at it and I'll say, wow, where did that come from? Yeah. I don't remember writing that. Um, so that's how I know it's, it's a good session. Um, so that YA book is one thing I'm writing right now. Um, that's pretty active yeah. at the present moment. I have another book that I'm writing, which is about past lives. Mm -hmm. And it is a book on a lot of the clients that I've had over the last uh, seven years where we've delved into their past lives in order to overcome an obstacle or a challenge in their life. And being a medium, my job, it's my job to see things, to hear things, to smell, to touch, to feel that all the things that spirit is sending me. And I started getting images, these fabulous images uh, a long time ago. And I said, great, let's, let's go with this. And recognizing that their past lives and the work that we had to do around that. It's kind of like soul retrieval or shamanic work mm -hmm. um, when you do that. So that's an active book right now also. Okay. So going back to shamanic work and uh, past lives, do you think you could explain to the audience what that is? Um, because some people, because, you know, like I said, I'm very spiritual myself, so I understand what that is, but I know some of our viewers might not understand. So do you think you could go into more detail into what that is and then maybe tell us some of your past lives? Sure, absolutely. Um, I started I started past life work um, back when I was in Vermont. Again, I was not a medium then, and I was struggling getting over a relationship. I just, I, I would leave it and I would always go back and I knew it wasn't right for me. I would leave it and I would always go back to it. He would call, I would call, and I would jump right back into it. So I was in therapy, and the therapist said, what would happen if you didn't call him? And I immediately got this panic look on my face, and I said out loud, I would die. <laughs> oh, no. And that's what my therapist was like. <laughs> oh, no. I too. I'm like, that was kind of harsh, wasn't it? I can really was like, relate to you on that on so many levels. <laughs> it's just that feeling that you get because it's like you're just so used to going back and forth and these, feel, you know, you just got, you have feelings for this person. And I, I completely understand you. I don't think you were being overdramatic. I completely agree <laughs> with you. But in me, I said, that didn't feel like me. Who just said that? Mm -hmm. So that's when he suggested inadvertently, maybe you should look at a past life. Mm -hmm. So being the Google person that I am, mm -hmm. I just Googled past lives, meditation, past lives. Mm -hmm. And I began to see over and over and over again, every past life 
where I left this person. Now, obviously he was in different bodies each time. I left this person and I died. I left this person and I took my own life. I left this person and somebody pushed me off a cliff. I always died after leaving him. And now, mind you, he never died. I only died. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that always the case? Yes. When you have work to do. Mm-hmm. So the vibration, I call it a vibration of that past life, if you don't heal from that, because I died every time after leaving him, I didn't have the opportunity to heal. So that vibration comes over into your present life. If there was a lesson you did not learn in a past life, you could choose to learn it in the in-between world, or you could come back down to the physical world again and get that lesson again, plus another. Mm. If you've got more than one, a lifetime, you've got some challenges popping up. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't suggest everybody do past life work. If you've had some challenges that you just can't seem to get rid of, it might be time. If you've used all the tools in your bag of tricks and they still haven't worked, it might be time for that. Yeah. So that was maybe, oh gosh, that has to be at least nine years ago that I started recognizing the past life with that man. I am still processing. I'm not with that person. I don't speak with him anymore, but I am still processing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's not the take in. Yeah. Yeah. And spirit will show you when they're meant to show you. You know, the first time they, I can't tell you what, because it'd be a spoiler alert to my book, but when they first showed me some very horrendous thing that happened um, in my 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 last life here and that was in the time during the civil war i was so i was so upset i couldn't even think about it for 6 months i couldn't even talk about it for 6 months that's how how much it shook me mm-hmm. um, so there's a lot to do with that so if someone comes to me during a reading and sometimes i'll see the past life immediately and i'll ask you know does it seem like you have a challenge with authority figures? And they're like, yes, <laughs> absolutely. <I> know that. <laughs> and I'm saying, because I see a past life and they're like, tell me. Um, so I'll go into a past life with that. Mm-hmm. So I've had many encounters of clients, past lives and my own um, past lives. I just did one yesterday um, on myself. Okay. And there are, there are things that still crop up on a day-to-day basis where I'm challenged and I say, I-, I need to look at that. And I'll just close my eyes and ask for guidance mm-hmm. and spirit will send me a past life and I'll run through it in my head and I'll say, okay, it's time to fix this. Yeah. And I go into that past life and talk to that. It's a piece of my soul. It's me Yeah. in another body. And I don't want me pieces of my soul hanging out. Mm-hmm. I want them with me. And that's that's what I say to people. Do you want your soul in other lives or do you want them with you? Stuck somewhere else. Come back to me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Does that make sense? Yes, 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 yes it does. Um um so me as a Muslim, all of my spiritual uh well 
actually personally, all my spiritual uh, teachers have always been Sufis, and I've even had different Hindu gurus who I studied who have implemented, uh, I've implemented their teachings into my life. Um, and you mentioned Carl Jung. Um, have you had any other uh, spiritualists or um, spiritual teachers in your field that you've been inspired by? When I started work at Camp Chesterfield, I had already brought through Abraham Lincoln as a guide for a client. And then he kept appearing in other readings that I was doing until I recognized that he was actually there for me. Mm -hmm. So when I went to Camp Chesterfield, I, you know, I, I asked the question, what do I do to the universe? And they sent me Chesterfield. And my confirmation at that time is Camp Chesterfield is actually on Lincoln Street. Mm -hmm. Oh, so, Okay. He, he is a spiritualist. There's pictures of him all over Camp Chesterfield. He, not a lot of people go into his spiritual side, but he's very powerful mm -hmm. in the world of spirit. Um, so he's been a great, uh, a great catalyst okay. in my life, telling me um, what to do and showing myself and clients um, going forward. I also have Anne Frank as a guide who popped up years and years ago and I had no idea why or what I was going to do with her and then eight years later I work with her on my young adult book now she's part of my influence oh okay if uh one of your current uh young adult work in progress yes my current okay. one yes okay um I read a lot of like I said I wanted to be a psychologist so I read a lot of Marion Woodland Joseph Campbell um, Eckhart Tolle in the early days when he first came out with his book. Mm -hmm. And that was my link to spirituality by via awareness. Yeah. So I was learning awareness through, through all of this. Okay. So going from that, how do you use your spiritual journey um, to dictate your writing and your process? I know that a process is 24 seven mm -hmm. when you're working at uh, being aware, just like meditation, it's an awareness 24 seven. That's all meditation is. It's an awareness. It's a training yeah. of your mind. Mm -hmm. So when you use that, I tell my students and my clients, when you use meditation as a 24 seven practice, you're always meditating. Mm -hmm. So you Sometimes you don't have to sit for half an hour. You can just sit while you're waiting for the kids to get off the bus. You can just sit in the grocery line, close your eyes for a moment and become aware. Mm -hmm. So I tuned out the chatter and I began to listen. So for me now, when I write, the words come through. Mm -hmm. um, there was time, like I was avoiding writing this YA book. I was nervous about it. I didn't want to do it. My mother kept saying, Donna, you've got a great story. Just do it. And I kept putting it off, putting it off. Well, one day there was an email that came from somewhere and said, you know, there's, you can sign up, send in the first three chapters or 50 pages of your current book and, you know, pay 89 bucks mm. and an agent will critique it for you. So I normally delete them all, but something said, Donna, do this one. 
So I, I hadn't written the book yet. I haven't even started it yet. And my mother's like, you can do it. You can do it. Well, it had to be done in three days. I had to do three chapters or 50 pages in three oh, days. Oh, wow. Oh, goodness. So I did. Okay. I just cranked it out one, 4 a.m., woke up early before work and just cranked it out. Sent it off. And the critique came back a month or so later. Guys, it took me almost three months to even open the critique. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I just didn't want to know. I didn't want to know. I didn't want to know. There was this pain in my chest that said, don't do it, Donna. Don't do it. <laughs> but I did. And it was great. She had some fabulous things to say. And, and she even said, this is a great story, Donna. Keep going. And I, I asked all my friends, I said, you know, they don't, they don't, they, they tell the truth, right? They don't lie. These agents that critique yeah. and they're like, no, Donna, what she said was right. Um, so I hung on to that for another year and didn't honestly start writing, um, till about three months ago, mm -hmm. but I called it my summer of writing. This is the summer of Donna. So I'm going to write a lot. And when I, paused after the first chapter and I said, crap, I've got no second chapter. I've got a eighth chapter and a ninth chapter, but what happens at the middle? It's not like writing a poem. A poem is easy for me. you got a beginning, a middle and an end, end in like 20 or less sentences. But this book was challenging me. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't leave me alone. I say now, I don't even care about an agent or a publisher. I got to get this book out of my head. It won't leave me alone. Yeah, it's like it festers if you don't yep. get it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Or specifically onto a page. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's right. So that night, I had a dream about my second chapter. I had a dream. I saw the whole thing just play itself out in my dream. And I'm like, wow, I woke up. I said, Spirit, that was pretty cool. And I got up and just wrote the second chapter. So that's how I use my spirituality now and my awareness. And, you know, when I'm talking, I have a YouTube channel and I just talk. I have the idea in my head and I just talk and people will share, wow, that, that was that rehearsed? And I said, no, the words just come out. So I'm recognizing how much when I was first teaching yoga, how now I'm aware that I'm just that vehicle for the words to come out. And you speak, when you speak in the power of the present moment, um, Eckhart Tolle is one of those authors speaking in the power of the present, whoever's reading it or listening to it, they may not understand it, but some part of their unconscious does. And maybe months later, or weeks or years later, it'll pop up and they'll say, huh, I remember when I listened to that, that video now I'm getting what she was talking about. Yeah. So that's what I strive for in my writing too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so do you have any ending advice for our fellow writers to how, how better to channel their inner voices onto the paper? Yeah, that's a great question. I can speak from me, from what happened to me when I, when I first decided, okay, you're going to write, I joined a group at the local library and they just did prompts, right? They gave you these great exercises yeah. and some of the prompts would only be a word. So the, when I heard the word in my head, I saw a scene. I heard a sentence. So I said, wow, this is pretty cool. I'm writing by using one word prompts. Mm -hmm. 
So I actually deconstructed my YA novel before I even started writing it. I just went on Twitter. This is a great <laughs> way. Um, I have a lot of social media, but Twitter is the best for writing. Yeah. And there's a lot of writing prompts every day. And somebody would give the prompt and I would hear the sentence in my head and I would just write it out. It may or may not have anything to do, but almost every single time it is now making its way into the book. Yeah. So I like to say I deconstructed that before. So I, I, I think a great answer to that question is really to join groups like that, to to shut off what you think you're going to write about and allow, because you can't rush the order. There's an order to everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so sit in the nothingness of your blank mind, your blank page, it's the same thing, <laughs> and allow. Um, I've even talked to my characters. Um, if I'm doing a reading and someone wants to speak to someone in the non-physical world, they'll give me their mm-hmm. name. And as soon as I hear that name, I see everything about that person, everything about that person, their, their, the, what they're wearing, the way they're speaking, the way they're standing, what their personality was. So I did that with my characters. I used the name and then I just allowed spirit to tell me everything about mm-hmm that person. So it's, it's, it's good thing. Number one, to just start writing. Everybody says that, (laughs) um, write and write and write and write, but to join groups like Twitter, to do those word prompt exercises, to just write and see, you can maybe start with some automatic writing, which is ask a question with your dominant hand, like, Hey character, where are you going now? And then change hands with the pen and your mind will hear something and then continue to write. You, it will answer your question. I love it. Yeah. So that, really yeah. That switch of the pen allows your mind to shut off on one and then continue with the answer. So mm-hmm. I teach a lot of that in my classes and, and uh, my classes and clients also this automatic writing. So just write. You never know when it's going to flow and when it's going to not. So every day I wake up and I breathe. Anything after that is cake. <laughs> if I write, I, don't write. <laughs> I get comfortable with the unknowing of how many words I'm going to put on the page every day. Get comfortable with the unknowing. That's beautiful. I love it. Well, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you so much for speaking. You're so welcome. I'm so glad you guys found me and it's been a pleasure. It's been our pleasure. <laughs> and we'll be in touch. It all sounded good to me. I don't know about your end, but we ended perfectly at 30 minutes. So we can't be scared right. yes, when it comes yes. to time. I couldn't agree more. Well, thank you again so much. Thank you so much for speaking with us. You guys have been great. All right. You have a good afternoon. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. All right, guys, thanks for joining us. You can find us at the blank page on social media or email us at the blank page podcast at gmail.com. See you next time. Bye. Or find us on Gmail at or email us at Gmail. Mm.